can't never stop working hard. Each day I feel I have to improve. Hard work, determination. I've got to keep pushing myself. This is a public service announcement from Haya, the martial arts podcast. It's October, so remember to get your foo shots, people. <laughs> Nicely done. A little jab will do you. <laughs> Episode uh, 20. Wow. Yeah, recorded October 14th, 2012. Starts now. Haya, Dave. Hey, Craig. Did you notice I just ripped you off blind? I did. I did. <laughs> That was pretty good, though. That was pretty good. You know, you made that little comment driving back here from the park, and I, I thought to myself, you know what? I'm having a hard time coming up with a Halloween-themed intro for the entire month of October, so there I'm just going to steal that and save the one I had for next time, because <laughs> i still got two more weeks of this to do. Yes, you do. Yeah, you do. It's going to get creepy. Yeah, and it, it's fall time. Yeah. That makes sense. Hey, some people <laughs> fall down. Some people fall... No, nobody fall up. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Okay, so uh, we're uh, whew, we're taking a little breather this week. It's yeah, just, we are. just me and Craiglet here in the studio. Indeed. Me being Dave Jones. Me Cra- being Craiglet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So we're going to get punchy, and we're going to get down to business with you here in just a minute. We've, uh, we've uh, well, the first thing I want to talk about here is we have had a little mini-splosion of uh, attention. We've, we've gotten we sure some... Have. We've gotten some... Um, some a bunch of new likes and we got some new reviews and and ratings on itunes over the past month or so so bunch of new listeners we know we know you're out there yeah or at least we hope you are well we <laughs> think you are the figures don't lie do they no they um, don't so uh you know if you're new to this podcast uh uh welcome welcome to the family welcome aboard and we'll be uh We'll be throwing some more great stuff at you, but I recommend that you uh, go back if you haven't heard some of the earlier episodes. And, uh, you know, it, this is a, still a fairly new podcast, 20 episodes in as of this one. So you can you can hear us fumbling around a little bit with the format as we go, <laughs> but we've had a lot of fun doing them. And sure uh, there are some great interviews going all the way back to the first episode or two. Oh, Just yeah. Really good people coming on. So good interviews, good, good, good discussions, you know, great mailbag stuff that brings up uh, interesting topics. Um, for example, like today. <laughs> yeah. So dig back in those stacks. If you haven't listened to those episodes yet, you're not too far behind to catch up with us. And uh, hopefully you'll stick around going forward because we've had some great people on and we've got more great people booked. We've got a couple of great yes, interviews indeed. rounding out October. We've got uh, Mike DeMarco coming on. From the JAMA. Yeah, the publisher of the much-vaunted and now-demised uh, Journal of Asian Martial Arts. But they've, they've got a big book coming out, too, so to sort of... Is that an archive, or to, is that something new? It's not an archive. It's it's more of a, a, a farewell salute. But oh, it's, okay. it's got some 20 different martial artists represented in it. I think we might know of one who's in there. Or a few, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I only know of the one. But. Yeah, I haven't shown you that yet, have I? Uh-uh. I got the Ninja Secrets, but I we'll talk more about this when it's time to talk <laughs> about this. Um, and... Uh, 
We've got uh, we've got another great uh, interview. I'll just tease you with. Uh, well, you can go. I tell you what, go to our Facebook page if you want to know who this is because the secret is out over there. Yeah. But uh, it's or if a, you heard last uh, the last episode, it was kind of teased a little bit, hinted at. Yeah, but uh, suffice to say, we got some Wing Chun coming down the pipe for all you people. Isn't that an eighty song? Uh, that's an eighties band. Is Wang Chun? Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, we are going to Wang Chun tonight, people. So hang on. Um, the other thing we should, uh, tell you up front, here's what we're going to do tonight. We have a discussion topic for the first time, uh, suggested by a listener and, Indeed. It, and grabbed a hold of us. So we're going to, we're going to tear into that one and see what we can come up with. And it's from one of our new listeners too. Yeah. So we're going to discuss, uh, the difference between form, uh, or sorry, technique and principle, principle. and try to, let's try to nail that down. Cause, uh, you know, it is sort of a fuzzy area out there and it it's, is. it's hard to know what someone means anytime they say something about either. So, and how you come to come to one from the other, going one direction or the other, which came first chicken or egg type thing. Yeah. I think the dinosaur came first and then it laid an egg. Oh, no, it was big bang. <laughs> <laughs> well, that too, but, uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be one of those folks. Well, luckily, indeed. there's no guest in here for us to embarrass tonight. That's right. Oh, we need a little breather. We've had guests, what, the last four episodes running, I think? Three we or have. Four? Yeah. And, and uh, we're, after this one, we got a few more, James. We've got, we got another uh, We got another long run of special guests coming at you. So without any further ado, I think we're going to traipse over to the Champagne Lounge. And, uh, and uh, Craig, you got one this time? I do have one, but I'm not sure what the one is. <laughs> A little segue for the Champagne Lounge. Deep, 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 deep. I know that's the news. Yeah, yeah that's the yeah. news. Yeah. Okay. We're going to go to the Champagne Lounge, <laughs> hammer another beer, and we're, we'll be right back to pick up where we left off. Principles. Yeah. Not vice principles. Not. <laughs> Boy, I'm glad I'm done with those. <laughs> I, I am too. And we don't obviously have many principles, you know. No, no. We're very principled people. Oh, are we? Do Victoria you stand on principle. Yeah, oh, yeah. I stood on her one time. Ah, that's a good time. Um, <laughs> you you got to be as old as me to even get that one. <laughs> All the 40 and over guys are drooling. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's jump into this letter. Now, we're going to address uh, the, the, the rest of this in, in the mailbag section, but I want to yeah. pick this one little paragraph out from uh, a letter from uh, Luis. Luis Miguel, uh, oh, I'll leave your last name out, because, <laughs> <laughs> again, they didn't say, but this is uh, Luis Miguel. Lunch money. I like that. Luis Miguel Lunch Money. That's right. Something about the moon, but we'll, 
we'll uh, get on with that. Um, so he says here, perhaps you're not the one to ask, but in episode six and really many of your episodes and discussions, your guest Aaron Fields talks about distilling movements down to their principles. I was wondering how one actually does break these movements and patterns down to what one could call the principle in scare quotes of the movement. It seems to me that rather subjective or made up that one could distill martial arts movement much further than this is to hit your opponent in this way on this spot. Perhaps this is a fault in my methods of practice or my inexperience, but could you please explain what you mean when discussing the quote unquote principle of an art? Mm. What do you think? Can we do that? I think we can try. Okay. Wait a minute. Are we the ones to ask though? Uh, if it's this podcast, I think, uh, you know, yeah, we're the guys. <laughs> I don't see anybody else in here. <laughs> <laughs> so first off, uh, let's try to differentiate between a technique and a principle. Yeah. While saying right up front that there's kind of a fuzzy line there. Mm-hmm. But what I would say on that subject is if you, if you show somebody, okay, you block this arm, you punch him here. That's a technique, mm-hmm. but it's a specific response to whatever the specific attack is. Yeah. Context sensitive. Right. Very context sensitive. And, uh, what you will find if you take that movement and, there you go. and try to do something different with it, then you may find you can do a lot of different things than just that basic technique you were shown with that particular movement. Exactly. And that's a principle in and of itself is that a technique, a simple, you know, inside to outside block and a straight uh, punch, we call ping choy or whatever, but a, a straightforward punch, that's a, your body is making a movement. That's a body movement. Yeah. In this context, it's block a punch and punch. Um, however, that blocking hand if it's a movement if you're in the clinch could easily go up under let's say the uh the throat and the the punch could be you know right. pushing a shoulder or while your you, your leg is sweeping their leg out and become a lay down or a throw right so yeah so the blocking arm could be flipped to the attacking arm all mm-hmm. sorts of things could be changed and you'd still be doing the same movement or technique but uh, that sort of begs the question, aren't you just, uh, or provokes the question, <laughs> aren't you just doing more techniques? Exactly. And where do you get at the principle of the matter? And uh, The principle I, of the matter? Yeah. Hmm. I like to refer back to something that I've used over and over again, which is, uh, you know, every style sort of has a, a one or two or three or four core techniques. Mm-hmm. Core principles. Yes. Let me be more specific. Core principles. And uh, and in a lot of martial arts, not just the the ones that I do, rise, drill, overturn, fall mm-hmm. is considered a principle. We did this as a specialized seminar covering three completely different styles that we teach and, and came up with a gazillion different things. Yeah, every every technique we taught emphasized that principle. Mm-hmm. So what separates that from just a technique? Well, we have several different techniques you can use that embody that principle. But the principle itself is not that specific. The principle is general. So rise, you lift, you rise, you drill. That means there should be rotation. Twisting. Overturn means you twist it until it faces the opposite direction, and then it falls. And fall with, like, gravity, not just lower your hand. Right. (laughs) So you could do a technique that was supposed to embody these principles, Mm -hmm. 
But it, if you don't embody the principles, you're it, doing the technique wrong. You're doing the technique wrong. Yeah. You're doing a technique still, though, but you're not getting the mm-hmm. principle. So what I'm trying to do is shake it down to where we see sort of a clear difference between the two. Um, for instance, even something very simple, like just a basic splitting motion. If you explain what that is, uh, <laughs> it's basically you look at, you, uh, put one leg forward, put your right leg forward mm-hmm. and lead with your right hand, but have your left hand follow it like a little brother at the elbow. Okay. And you look at your palm, like you're looking at yourself in the mirror. And then as you step forward or even stationary, you simply rotate your forearm inward, push the hand up. That's the rise and drill. Mm-hmm. Then you overturn, you rotate it back outwards. Facing away, facing from, away you. from you. So then your opponent looks in the mirror and you fall. So you drop the hand, mm-hmm. you drop the weight. Right. Um, you could perform that with rise, overturn, and fall mm-hmm. and leave the drill out. You'd be missing the principle. Yes, you would. And you could illustrate this to someone who's not that familiar with it by having someone hold onto their arm while they do it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you just rise and drill, they're going to, if you just rise without drilling, they're still going to be holding your arm. But if you drill as you do it, you're going to wrench your hand, exactly. your arm away. So, you know, that, I think that's the sort of gray line that divides a technique and a, from a principle. Yeah. And the, the cool thing is, I mean, you have gazillions and gazillions of techniques you're going to have just a few principles, you know, comparatively. But all those techniques can be classified into principles. And what, one thing that uh, not just you, Luis, but uh, all of our listeners need to understand is that principles come first. And then the motions or the techniques, rather, come after that. Uh, because in, in the motion that you're talking about, in the splitting and the rise, drill, return, fall... In the body motion, you do that. You could also then say, all right, I'm going to do the same motion, but I want to use or emphasize or work on this other principle um, that might be, you know, clearing space or occupying space, occupying this person's uh, center, uprooting uh, this person, you know, whatever it might be, using the same body motion right but often you will use a technique or a number of techniques to get at a principle exactly so often you'll be shown a technique without being shown without being badgered about the principle at first and just that your teacher will try to get you to get that technique right so in hopes that you will start to feel the principle at work exactly again just uh, just to keep it simple and use one basic motion that i've already described over Mm -hmm. and over again for an example um, you know, uh, peach wand strike splitting to the head. That's a technique, right? Um, but the act of, of doing it itself is a principle. So, you know, if you think striking to the head, that's one technique, but if you stand an inch away from someone and use your elbows to, mm, to do mm-hmm. the exact same motion, you'll get a different effect. You'll, you know, um, the, the, I think the thing that we should get at here is, um, if you only know technique, right? If all you have is technique and you haven't tried to convert and extract the principles out of them, you're not you, going to be a good fighter because you, you got to adapt. Right. You yeah. have to adapt. You have to adapt, and it's much easier to subconsciously apply principles on the fly than it is than it is to rifle through a rolodex of techniques and say, "Oh well, that punch is coming straight at my face." So what do I have in here for a straight punch? I've got this. I've got the ow. Yeah, exactly. You know. <laughs> <laughs> 
it just can't be done. Yeah, really. you, it's, you, it's you like see trying, an oncoming force yeah. to the center, then you simply apply you know right. proper principle to that. So as you drill specific techniques over and over and over and over again, then those take and apply them in a broader and broader range of different scenarios. Mm-hmm. Then you start to ingrain the principle as opposed to just a technique. Exactly. And something else I'd, I'd point uh, our listeners back to, and you, Luis, as well, um, is the episode where we talked about secret gongs, um, <clears throat> which are quote unquote special abilities or a technique that has been drilled 10,000 quote unquote um, number of times. And once you get to that point, that body motion is simply natural. And then you begin to play with it with different principles. Um, you know, just saying, let me focus on being heavy. Let me, you know, my limbs being heavy. Let me focus on speed. Let me focus on that. And so you have this one movement and you can easily say, okay, I'm going to apply this principle to this movement and you can, you can do it that way. However, it's much easier, like Dave was saying, to simply say, okay, he's coming with a hook punch and it's coming fast. And, you know, I don't even see the actual fist because it's outside of my periphery. What do I do with that? What technique do I do? No, you know, you use a principle. Easiest thing, you know, could be dodge and get the fuck out of the way. Could be duck, could be step in, you know. Right. Follow, you see where that circle is going. A hook is a hook because it's part of an arc of a curve, an entire circle, become the fucking circle, you know. And, and what technique do you have that abides or, or has body motion that? is circular in that same horizontal kind of plane, probably quite a few. And so it's not going to be about what technique you apply. It's simply react to right. that principle. And since you've trained these techniques thousands of times, something good will come out of it. So long as it falls within that principle. Yeah. You often see people who howl that traditional martial artists, when they actually get into brawls, often don't look like they're doing traditional martial arts. <laughs> because it's principles. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, and especially in traditional martial arts, you do have a sort of an esoteric uh, suite of, of tactics that are used that aren't just fighting, but have all this other cultural yeah. background and stuff built into them. And also emphasize things that if you do them enough, long enough, can help add subtlety to your game. Oh, yeah. Such as, you know, do this 100 times light. Now do it 100 times heavy. Now do Mm -hmm. it 100 times zigzag. Now do it 100 times straight. You know, um, there's a – most modern combatives won't spend that kind of time on a specific technique. Exactly. Um, you know, which, you know, it, it, you got to weigh that in the balance with what you want out of a style. Yeah, it's a different methodology. It's a different style. I mean, right. But, you know, in the end, what you're wanting is spontaneous reaction mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a dangerous situation. Uh, definitely. Uh, That's like you, you saw, you, you know, you came pick me up at the tail end of my class today. And um, like with my new structure, I have my, my kids who were in about two to three months now of making these this one simple movement. And we do it 100 times every class until we reach 10,000, literally. And we call them, like in Chinese Kung Fu, you know, we call them seed movements or core movements because it's a very simple little movement, basically a, a wax on, wax off type scenario. However, it's a seed because it, it produces so many different flowers. Flowers yeah. being, it's a principal thing that opens up into, you know, good God, like 50 different movements that look completely different. But once you've done 10,000 reps of this simple movement, 
you can see and feel. You got the hinge the there hinge. already. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. To, to invoke Big Al, he loves to talk about the hinges, <laughs> but it's true. And yeah. you know, my system too. And I, I'm I've been really interested in watching this go on. What you're doing with your students because I have been guilty in the past. I think of moving too quickly through some of the fundamentals. Mm. Uh, and hoping, you know, that people, because I'm afraid people will get bored. Lose interest. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think I'm going to back the throttle off on that some. And I've, I've been coming up with new games and new ways to try to keep the basics interesting. Because, like, you know, Gal Bagua is set up in, in stages. Right. And they all build on each other. But if you really nail down the 24. You've got. And the single palm the changes. You've got most of the system there. The rest is variation and, and you know, doing different things with it. Uh, but you can fight just mm-hmm. knowing the first third of the system if you really get it down. And also, if you really get that first third of the system down, then learning the rest of it is a cakewalk. Because cakewalk. that's the thing with these high number of repetitions and, and relaxation or whatever, you know, aspect you're trying to work on. A lot of the... Uh, "Quote unquote more advanced stuff, which is simply going to be a a twist here, add a different footwork, or add a different principle, make it moving instead of static, whatever it might be, is you're going to see or figure out almost and and see a lot of those advanced movements without even being taught them, and you're going to be like, oh my gosh, when when the teacher does come around to teach it to you, and that's one of the things uh, I've found successful with this is." The interest factor, making sure that they stay interested, is simply in the applications. By, you know, I bring out this application and I show it to them and they say, oh, that's cool. Where's that from? Oddly enough, fellow, look, it's the exact same thing you've just been doing 10,000 times. No, I've got, I have a, a particular student, a private student right now. I'm not teaching a lot because I'm working on getting a, a spot, a joint going, but we'll talk more about that on a later episode. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Yeah, it is interesting, but uh, more to come on that. But I've been working with this one private student, and uh, I, you know, as I'm getting him further into the system, I keep having to tell him, I already taught you that. He's <laughs> yeah. having a problem with the movement, and he's distracted by the new feature in it, yeah. whatever the new little twist on it is. And he's like, oh, this is so crazy. And I'm like, take this piece, this piece, and this piece from the 24 and put them together. <laughs> you just did it. You've oh, known wow. this for two years already. Yep. Like so, but you know, different people learn things different ways. But that's part of when that all finally gels together in your head. Mm-hmm. Then you're operating on principle more than just on pure technique. Exactly. And <clears throat> to round out this discussion, I think um, what might be beneficial, uh, specifically to Luis, is might. I'm glad you sat up because I was having a hard time peeking at you underneath this thing. <laughs> the way we got this this set up today for some reason. We're dueling like, banjos today. Yeah, we are. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm having to peek at Dave like under wires and whatnot. It's really weird. Anyway, um, is stating what specific principles <laughs> might be, the, the names of which. Like, for example, one of the first ones that um, I always mention to my students is very simply – make a circle and draw a line through it. And, you know, that's just sounds so ambiguous. And that's what principles will be like, because there are a gazillion techniques that do that. Um, so when I come, you know, and show an application to somebody, oh, that was cool. It seemed really fast. And, and, and you know, right up, you got me really quick. I didn't see it coming. It, it wasn't that I was working on speed. It was literally I was drawing a circle and making a line through it which could be just like that same uh, movement I was talking about earlier, the block uh, inside to out into a punch. You can do that with the same hand instead of it being two hands. 
you know, your lead hand goes inside to out. You've made contact. You quickly knock that hand out or the fist or the arm, whatever. And then once you finish blocking it out, shoot forward. Pops right in. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that's that's one example. I'm sure, I mean, you've got your rise, drill, overturn, fall. That's another beautiful example. Yeah. And, you know, I, again, it, there, there's no... There's no exact suite of principles in any style either because ultimately they should blur one into the other. Oh, so yeah. you just have sort of a cohesive way of doing. And we, you know, that's that's the flavor of a style or that's the, the body mechanics of a style. Mm-hmm. Um, and that takes us almost a step beyond principle, at least for the purposes of this discussion. And uh, True. But it's it's connected on this sort of continuum from technique to principle to style. To, what to makes style, a style to body mechanic? Yeah. yeah. Why is this Shaolin versus Tai Chi? Right. Well, <laughs> you know, you got your different ways of dealing with it. Tai Chi guy's going to have his feet fairly rooted, and he's going to, you know, the boxer's going to be hopping back and forth and ready to pop mm-hmm. you. You know, the wrestler's going to be hunkered down and about to take your legs out from under you. Yeah. You know, and if you're somebody that cross trains a lot, you may be able to mix all this stuff together into your game eventually. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, th- I think or most... stay home and watch it on TV. Right. That's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, you know, uh, even the old traditional style sort of had the correct on this one. Uh, it, they were doing what mixed martial arts do today, which is... Mix it up. But keep discrete areas. Mm-hmm. So when you're boxing, you're not mixing your boxing with your wrestling. Yeah. When you're wrestling, you're not really mixing much of your wrestling with your boxing. Exactly. Because different principles will work better. Mm-hmm. Under those circumstances. And that you saw that uh, a few years back, too, when catch wrestling and shoot fighting started coming out, you know, before UFC really, you know, got its grips into the USA, but or the world like it is now. But, um, yeah, that's a, that also ties in a question we, we addressed a few episodes back about cross-training is, you know, how to do it effectively without, um, you know, being offensive to one style or the other or one teacher or the other and yet still be effective and use what you've learned in one style in, in your fighting. Because you're not, I'm not, you know, it's not like the Kung Fu movies where you get up and go, crane style, now I use the dragon style. No, it's, it's just you <laughs> learning what you've learned, you know, to deal with the situation. But yeah. at the same time, in a class scenario, whatever, you know, I'm not going to be doing a hungar form and just, randomly throw in a tornado kick just because yeah. right you could though if you felt froggy yeah and often i do <laughs> but uh let's uh let's sort of wrap this around one more thing i would like to add to this and i hope we've addressed your question uh adequately here if not write us again and tell us what we missed yeah. but one other thing i would like to point out and so would angus <laughs> is that uh <laughs> angus is the dog that's right is that principle can also refer to physics. Oh, yeah. And if you want to look at it that way, that's fine, too. Just purely as physics, you know, the principle of the lever and the screw and the uh-huh. stuff. And, you know, and again, we talk about something like your outward parry and punch or your rise, drill, overturn, fall. They're using those physical principles, mm-hmm. you know, screwing, levering, that sort of thing. Exactly. And uh, so... Um, another thing, like, uh, in our system, Northern Shaolin, that we use is geometry, um, is yeah. simply seeing points, lines, and geometric shapes and making those shapes. Right. Yeah. And, you know, although no one can do geometry or physics calculations while they're under assault, 
you ingrain this way of doing it mm-hmm. in, into your practice, and eventually, you know, you become principle-based. Oh, yeah. yeah exactly. You know, if someone puts weight here, you know you need to do this. If someone mm-hmm. swings that, you know you need to do this. And this may not look exactly the same every time because you're not going to get the exact same attack. So those crispy techniques tend to break down into a more generally useful but – you know, maybe less visually appealing, but who cares if somebody's trying to dot your eye? Exactly. Uh, suite of of responses. Yep, that's what you'll hear me actually in my class. These a very personal um, note when I'm walking around watching my students work on applications. I, one of the most common things you'll hear me say is, "Things will never go the way you planned it. Follow the principle, not the end result." Right. You know, and uh, my my students get tired of hearing that, but that's that's what it boils down to. Well, if you're too focused on making a technique work, you will set yourself up. Yep. Yes, you will. Somebody will see what you're doing, what you're up to, and, and stop you, and they'll tear your head <laughs> off. Yeah. Yep. So you you need to not think about it. You need to just do what the situation requires. Exactly. And that takes it boiling down to principle. Okay. Huh? I, we think, I think we covered that. All right. I, I, I see through the window into the champagne lounge that the uh, disco ball is slowing down. So we need to go back in there and give it a spin or the patrons will get up and eat. No doubt. Plus, who's that chick in the red dress who just walked in over there? I need to check that out. Let's do that. Okay. Checking the red dress was not a uh, checking the red dress at all. It was actually a large monster. That was frightening. A monster? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I got to tell you real quick. I, I I was running to the Halloween store yesterday to grab a couple of things, and my wife's like, "Hey, take Olin with you. He might like that." And I'm like, mm, "Okay, you want to go? Sure, yeah." I take him there. He's not quite three yet. <clears throat> he got a little freaked out <laughs> by all the monsters. Look at the skulls, the skulls. And so, you know, he seemed to be enjoying it while we were there. Right. Uh, But last night, I mean, he was tired, too. He went to bed and slept for about an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. It was long enough to get through that first REM stage and start really dreaming. Uh He woke up as terrified as I've ever seen him. Nice. It took us like an hour to get him back to bed, and his mom had to go sleep with him. Yeah. Oh, boy. There's skulls. There's a monster in my womb. (laughs) Oh, no. I'm like, oops, I guess we shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> there were like meat trays out with brains and <laughs> bloody hands on them and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if this is a good idea. <laughs> anyway, bad parenting 101. Oh, um, they got to get it sometime. They do. And, you know, being around me, he's going to get will. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and uh, ruffle around in the mailbag. Uh, let me dig way deep in. Ow, ow. What's that? Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Careful of them ninja stars. That's a snapping turtle I threw in there. Oh, here we go. Um, 
Let's go ahead and finish off uh, Luis's uh, yeah. yeah Luis's mail to us. Um, so here we go. Uh, hello, <laughs> he says. Hello and welcome to Hiya, Luis. <laughs> I recently discovered your podcast through the Skeptics Guide to the Universe. Hey, hey. thanks, Evan. Yeah, appreciate. Whoops, Kudos. appreciate you coming on. Um, and uh, again, if you listeners haven't checked that one out, do it. It's fun. Uh, one of the hosts mentioned your show, and I was surprised to find a podcast I hadn't heard of before. I was getting by on the Karate Cafe and Practical Defense podcast archives, but they were starting to run out, and I thought that was all there was. I quickly downloaded your episode, and I love the podcast so far. I'm on episode eight, and the conversations you've had have reinvigorated my thinking towards the martial arts I practice. Mm, very good. Glad we could help. <laughs> Since I am currently between cities without much martial arts support group or training partners to interact with, I find podcasts and specifically your episodes are a great way to stay connected with that mode of thinking and acting. Are there other podcasts like yours that you could recommend? Hmm. Well, off the top of our heads, um, yeah, the problem with a lot of martial arts podcasts is they seem to be out there Give for up. a while and then they stop. And so all you have is their archives. Uh, one that's definitely ongoing and, uh, you should be catching up to it soon. And you're listening is, uh, the lineage. martial arts lineage project. Uh, and, uh, you got a good one there that you're listening to the, uh, karate cafe. And, uh, I'm going to say, Dave, we need to reach out and talk to them. I I'm talking to them on other unrelated matters actually, but, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> good guys. We want to, we want to spread the love. We need to reinvigorate this martial arts podcasting thing. Cause, it seemed like there was a lot of stuff. A lot of the stuff that we see on there, it's like 2008, 2009, 2010. Mm-hmm. People jumped in there and did it for six months or a year and then stopped. So, uh, you know, all we can do is promise we're not going to do that. You know, we're at about six months of this. Yeah, we are. We were bi-monthly at first, so mm-hmm. or once every two weeks, if that's confusing, which it is. It's- it is. <laughs> There's like two definitions officially. Yeah, um, but, you know, we're up to weekly now, and things seem to be going good. So, you know, there's a lot of martial artists out there. So mm-hmm. uh, Keep listening to us, and I'll tell you, there there is one. You know, I mean, we're both also uh, searching just like you because we're martial artists, plus we're doing this podcast, and so we're trying to learn off of others' success. Um, and so we're constantly looking for others and, and being disappointed because they give up. Or sometimes you find uh, a podcast that is actually just a sly attack attempt at marketing for their upcoming seminar or their books and TV yeah. series. A lot of the ones that are out there are very, very style specific. Mm-hmm. They're one school podcasting, I guess, basically to their audience. Exactly. <clears throat> like there's one that, you know, I'm not a Muay Thai guy at all, um, but that I listened to this, this one guy's podcast uh, and it's, it's enjoyable, uh, but it's, it's called like 40 year old Muay Thai. And this, this cat is over in Thailand and he decided to start training in Muay Thai yeah. <laughs> after he turned 40. Like you're out of your mind. But oh, it's, it's, it's entertaining. You can hear his hot, you know, overhead fan in the background. He tells right. about <laughs> his days training at the different Muay Thai camps and um, being motivated, but also dealing with, you know, being a, a grown man with a family and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So, you know, that's one you can check out, but it's obviously geared towards Muay like you said. A yeah, lot of them out we're, there we're trying to be more of a broad-based sort of ecumenical thing where uh, we, we're a variety show, right? We are indeed. <laughs> and we love to do interviews. 
But I they're because we're traditionalists, yet we're you know we deal with Mr. Kepfer who comes in and educates us all about the MMA world and stuff like that. Exactly. But there are plenty of more specialized things out there that you could get some benefit from listening to. I'm sure even if it's not the stuff that's right up your alley, definitely. Or even if it's just personal journaling and stuff, if it's done well, that can be really entertaining. Mm-hmm. I would you know we've mentioned this before, but I could throw out. Uh, uh, Sorry. Uh, oh, I like that one. Brain for uh, you like the uh, <laughs> no. What's it? Uh, Marshall Secrets. There you go. Marshall uh, Secrets. Yeah, is a good which one. sounds very mystical, but they're actually pretty level-headed dudes. They and are. They, they do are. a nice, tight little, you know, uh, half hour or so podcast. And as far as I can tell, now since we've been doing this podcast, I haven't listened as much myself to other martial arts podcasts because mm-hmm. I don't want to just rip them straight off. Right. <laughs> But um, do it but I think that the uh, Martial Secrets podcast is ongoing, and that's one mm-hmm. I've enjoyed. Uh, Craig, one, any other names to throw in there before we move on? Well, I'll throw this in when it's not a particular fave of Dave's. Um, I, I absolutely love this one, but it's also kind of a variety show, um, and that's Jeff Thompson, um, you know, written like a G off, you know, that whole thing. G-off. And um, they're, you know over uh in england or scotland or somewhere and uh so if you can if you can uh handle that kind of uh you know dialect or or whatever accent but they're all over the map jeff thompson was um pretty damn good you know uh in his own martial arts and did a lot of self-defense stuff working a lot of bars got tons of books and and uh he's helped choreograph in a lot of different movies and stuff but um he talks about everything from, you know, the spiritual stuff to the martial arts to just being silly, wacky type shit. Right. Um, and, and talking, you know, very practical martial arts type stuff, too, you know. Um, I'll have to listen to that one again because the, the couple that I tried didn't have much martial arts content. Uh, <clears throat> so, and here's the other thing with me is I'm a big fan of podcasting in general. Mm-hmm. So I actually listen to a lot of podcasts on a regular basis mm-hmm. and my dance card's kind of full. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And since I'm doing my own martial arts podcast now, you yeah, know, you. with you, then, you know, I, I don't crave that quite as much, um, right. but uh, it's out there. So keep looking. There's good stuff out there. And, <clears throat> you know, if you got time on your hands, Figure out a couple of other interests to fill in your podcasting needs because, <laughs> believe me, it's there. If you need any suggestions on, you know, horror movie podcasts or uh, skepticism or, you know, whatever, you have your own set of interests. So just right. look around in there. There's other good stuff. And you might even stumble across some overlap. That's right. Keep listening to us. And, you know, uh, if, you, if you know of other people that <laughs> might make great interviews or discussion people, send them our way and we'll hook them up. Yeah, that goes out to all you listeners, not just Luis. You know, uh, we we thrive on your feedback, and uh, we get our interviews through word of mouth mostly uh, from either people we've talked to before, suggestions from listeners. So keep them coming. And we're not, you know, it doesn't have to be the most famous person in the world. If you know somebody with a colorful story to tell or with some real experience, they don't need to be famous. They just need to know what they're talking about, and we'll have them on and, and, and enjoy the hell out of it. Um, okay, moving along. Previously, I've been thinking of starting my own podcast geared towards some of the same topics you all cover, but more geared towards the martial community as a whole, getting interviews from military personnel, police, martial artists, historians, and philosophers covering old martial arts stories, wartime tactics, and battles. It is perhaps a lofty idea, but it's for the same reason. As of yet, I haven't heard someone else with quite the similar outlook on these subjects that I have. And I would love to throw it, that out there and see what comes of it. So keep an eye out for something similar as I refine the idea and work on the logistics of podcasting solo. 
Do you have any tips toward perhaps the concept or the logistics? Wow. Dave, you can handle that one. As far as the concept, I like the concept um, because it, it marries something that um, certain styles uh, have, which is the military you know, aspect. Um, sure, sure. Because like in my system, we have, when it comes down to what we were talking about earlier, principles, some of our principles are based on crowds um, or dealing with we're a group of people fighting another group of people. Right. And, you know, make a circle uh, and then draw a line through it applies when you're talking multiple, you know, right. people and stuff, too. Um, so I think that's a that's a very cool aspect. That's all I've got to say on that matter. It is. Don't steal too much of our thunder because we want to talk to all those people, too. And frankly, there's there's no way to steal. There's so many people out there that mm-hmm. uh, we, we welcome another voice in the in the medium. Uh, I was just being snarky. And uh, <laughs> we, you could look again if you haven't checked out Tim Johnson's uh, martial arts lineage project. Oh, gosh, yes. uh, he talks to a wide variety of people on there and basically just lets them, you know, tell their story the way they want to. So, um, you know, and, and that's all we're trying to do. I don't think your idea is that lofty. I think it's totally doable. Now, as far as lo- logistics, um, that's where you come into play, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the deal. You can go two ways. Uh, if you're doing a solo podcast, it'll be a lot easier because we have, uh, so far up to four. Yeah. People. Have we had five yet? No, I don't think we've had. Yeah. Five. Yeah. We did have five. Remember, uh, Gary Mitchell's. Interview. Yeah, yeah, we had uh, Douglas in there too. Douglas and Jeremy. Yeah. yeah, so we've had as many as five people all talking on mics in the same room. And if you're going to go that route, then you either need a good USB interface mixer for your computer and some software on there like Cubase, Logic, uh, Pro Tools, even GarageBand when you're starting out. You know, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll do the basics. Um, <clears throat> or you can go the other route, which is to get an independent recorder that talks with these things, which is the route I went when it came time for me to take over recording. And, uh, you know, I like that right now. It's an amazing time really, uh, for so many technological things. I was, I was a musician for a long time and 10 or 15 years ago, having 24 track digital recording capabilities with a sampler sequencer, you got to get all sorts of other stuff. You got to go to a studio and pay hundreds of dollars an hour to be there. Or you could spend the you know the twenty thousand, hundred thousand, whatever <laughs> mm-hmm. dollars to to put that rig in your house, and it would take up an entire room in your basement. Right. Well, now you can go out for between you know three to five hundred dollars, let's say, and get something that records reliably onto an SD card mm-hmm. and has all those capabilities. And that might seem like a, a the initial outlay, you know, might be a little much, you know, if you don't know if this is going to be something you want to stick with or whatever. But you're going to be having to do the work on one end or the other, and you'd rather be able to clean it up while you're doing it rather than spending that much time and effort in editing. Um, and even in editing, you're going to need a pretty nice piece of software. Um, and that can run you some, some bucks. It definitely can. Yeah. Although a lot of times now the software will come bundled with stuff. Yeah. Uh, but or it's the same old thing. Multifunctional, it's- like, like the time I had to edit the one, um, I used Premiere, Adobe Premiere, and that's mainly a video editing uh, piece right. of software, but you know, it worked. 
But it, it's it's going to give you a fairly rudimentary control over what goes on. Right. Uh, there's also what most people turn to is some form of USB interface, especially if you're doing a solo podcast where you have people Skyping or calling in for their interviews. Mm-hmm. I won't go into the technicalities of how all that works. You can figure that out. <laughs> but uh, um, really, the cheapest and most common way to go is to download audacity for free. There you go. And that will handle all of your audio editing and you can record straight into it if you want to. And, uh, you can, uh, output your MP3 files and everything for the format that you, or whatever format you need them in. Um, audacity is free. That's what I use now. I switched mm-hmm. to that from the old copy of garage band right. that came with my machine because Speaking it which, just wasn't doing it. And I think uh, you ought to, a USB mic. Yeah. And then also check out this when it comes to learning how to podcast and all that kind of stuff is a podcast, uh, dealing specifically with audacity. It's called the audacity to, to podcast. podcast. And yep. it is very, very informational, um, very good podcast. And he'll, yeah. Help you and he has episodes uh, on, you know, good mic technique and all sorts of other things that can really yep. help your sound. So check it out. You know, I've, I've got maybe seven or $800 in the rig that I put together to do this, but the only reason it's costing, it cost me that much to get what I needed was because I want the capability of putting a half a dozen people in a room together. Right. So and that was also over time, you know, these kinds of things you don't need to outlay it all. all right. At once. So step I'm saying step. best step for you, if you want to try it out, get audacity, get a basic USB microphone, you know, a decent one can be had for under $200, well under $200. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, just start trying it out. Interview people on Skype. It's pretty cheap. There you go. Of course, then there's bandwidth and all that other stuff, but we'll talk about yeah. that some other time. <laughs> all right, let's go ahead. We'll skip the last paragraph because we already addressed it. Man, we have milked the whole damn show almost out of your email. So thanks again for yeah. writing in, Luis. And uh, the very Welcome end here says, party. a bit of a long-winded email, but one more thing. Uh, I often find that the podcasts I listen to have great transition music, but don't list the names of the songs I like, uh, but don't know in their show notes. Could you include that in the show notes if possible? Thank you very much for your time, and especially your podcast. I plan to keep listening to you for as long as you guys are on the air. Hi-ya! Hi-ya! Right. Good point, Luis. That's actually been a pain point of ours. <laughs> yeah, so here's what happened, and I'm going to go ahead and lay it out there. When we started off, we weren't sure if we could get in trouble using music. Yeah, and frankly, legal issues. We're still not sure. The thing is, we don't make a penny off this at this point. It costs mm-hmm. us money to do these. Um, and we've been pretty careful. We have Occasionally, we'll, we'll not do that. But 95% of the music you hear is, A, independent music, mm-hmm. where people tend to be. You know, I was an independent musician for a long time. So I know we like exposure more than anything else because uh, we never get paid for anything anyway. <laughs> uh, so we try to use independent music. And I make it a point to only use music that I own and have purchased and made sure that the artists got their cut that way at least. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I have zero illegally downloaded tunes in my iTunes because I'm, you know, I was a musician too. And I'm like, you know what? Nobody wants to work for free. Except us. We love doing this. (laughs) Technically what we're, even what we're doing is technically, technically still wrong. Um, and, And we could get busted, but, because we're trying to, you know, do as right as we can, 
We're just hoping that we're not that much of a big fish that people, yeah. if they wanted you know, money and whatever, would not come after us. Well, if they do want money, they can come after us and take this house that I'm $50,000 underwater on right now. <laughs> just go ahead. It's yours. It's yours. Yeah. I'll move into a nice apartment. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, we're, we're turnips, so don't come trying to get blood out of us if you're a big lawyer or a music company. But you know what? I think we should start including this in there because we do use independent music almost exclusively. Right. And I think those people would like, to, you know, now if you have one of those little apps on your phone, you can hold it up to the speaker and it'll figure out yeah. what we're playing. That That's one other option out there. But we're going to try to start listing these, I think, um, just to give credit where credit is due. And Plus, our- it's cool stuff. I mean, you know, you hear a cool little ditty, and you're like, oh, that was nice. I'd like to hear the whole song and maybe uh, go buy that CD. Right. So, you know, we want to help those artists out, too. So we'll start putting it up there. And if we have any trouble with it, we'll see what happens. And also, this is sort of a temporary fix anyway. Um, you know, I'm also going to use this equipment that I bought for Bingo. podcasting because it is overkill for podcasting the recorder itself to start making more music on my own. So hopefully we'll have our own custom tailored theme songs and bumper music and we stuff will. moving forward. And that'll be Dave Jones band. Well, whoever, you know, yeah. I'll slap, I will draw on my resources to try to put uh, enough decent go. musicians in a room to do that. We have a lot of friends who play music. So, yeah. 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 So that's going to take a little time and finding the right location to do the recording and everything, but that's in the works. But yeah. So uh, in the, I'm at least going forward and we might go backwards too. We'll actually have to tack, uh, mm-hmm. tap Magnificent J because the early podcast, uh, he chose a lot of the music for us. So That's some right. of it, I don't even know exactly what it is. I just know it's indie and you're not going to trip over it on your FM radio <laughs> stations unless you got good college rock. So again, it follows the same principle that we've been following. Um, back to principle, are we? That's exactly. a callback. Although this is principle in a different sense of the word. Yes. So we'll, we'll start throwing that in the show notes and we'll see if we get carted off to the loony bin or arrested. Well, I hope not. Oh, okay. got anything else in that bag? Yeah, yeah. Good old Sea Camp popped up just briefly. Sweet. Let's see what he has to say. I was thinking you should do a, you should just do an episode about the funny side of martial arts. It could be about everything from funny style names to swapping paint. You could review old funny movies like Kung Pao. Hell, you can even interview a funny martial artist. End. <laughs> <laughs> We are funny martial artists, yeah, number God one. damn it. What are you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you want a funny style name? Kajukimbo. That's one for you. That is ridiculous. Kazantite. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, no joke. <laughs> I like Bartitsu myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a good one. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you know, maybe you haven't listened back to all of our stuff, but some of the cats we get on are pretty damn funny. We yeah. laughed our ass off at Aaron Fields. Mm-hmm. Um, Mitchell, for sure. Gary Mitchell. Yeah, <laughs> we were. Woo. Yeah. The stuff we edited out of that one oh. could probably be a comedy tape in and of itself. It's a good point. We need to do an outtakes. We do at some point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, oh, Big Al. Big Al cracks oh, yeah. me up. I don't know about you guys, but, you know, we definitely try to get the humor in there. But I see what you're saying, C-Camp. And, yeah, we should, you know, at some point in the future. Do a spoof show. We will do a, we will do a show that's all about the funny. Mm-hmm. And we might even find a stand-up comedian that's a good martial artist out there. I think we might. We could we could get Joe Rogaine on, but he'd probably oh, just hate geez. on us the whole yeah. damn time. Remember uh, Kung Fu's ineffective, you know, and he was talking about Wing Chun specifically. Oh God, he ticked me off with that one. But well, that, I get you know. 
over time. He, he knows he, what he knows, just like we all know what we know. So yeah, whatever. Factor. But yeah. <laughs> be afraid. Be very afraid. Craig doesn't eat worms. He vomits them. <laughs> That's There's your Halloween reference. Oh. oh, worms in your face. Thank you, C-Camp. That was a good one. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're going to file that away and look for the, uh, for the full tilt comedy boogie coming from us at uh, some show in the not too distant future. That's right. And if you guys know particularly funny martial artists out there, swing them our way. Swing them our way. All right, we got one more here in the mail bag. Sweet. Yep, that's it. Nothing in there but mail and snapping turtles now. Oh dear. Um. Okay, this one comes from Nathan. Hey, Nathan. Hey, Nate. Subject is firearms. Hi, I'm Nathan from uh, Bremerton, Washington. You use an example in your martial art etiquette show about how you act and compared it to carrying a concealed firearm. So, do you carry a firearm and do you incorporate firearms into your martial arts training? Do you think it's important? I believe that most people carry firearm that sorry, I believe that most people that carry firearms fail to get basic hand-to-hand training for self-defense. I am sadly not yet a martial artist. I served in the military and received com- some combative and law enforcement training. I love the show, the variety of good arts you've covered, and your perspective of them. Sorry I don't have a good swapping paint story. Yet, I would say. <laughs> That's coming from me. Keep up the good work. Hi-ya! Hi-ya! I love to get these high eyes from That's people. beautiful. I get, one thing before we go in depth on that, I got to say, that's awesome. We got a, a non-martial artist listening to our podcast, and I'm, I'm not even sure who, uh, who referred to you. You got to write back and tell us how you heard about us. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, this is a great question. Because we'll double their SNH green stamps. We will indeed. Um, boy, that's another one. You got to be at least 40 to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, let's, let's address the... Uh, the gun stuff here. Um, Craig, do you carry a firearm? No, for personal reasons. I don't carry them, don't keep them in my house. And I know I'm. Uh, most people be like, oh, you moron, if you have kids and all that. It's just a, it's a personal choice. Yeah, well, you know, statistically, your kids are as likely to get hurt by your firearm as they are someone else's. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I do have firearms. I don't carry them. Yeah, I mean, if I knew you I was keep them in the house, but you just yeah. Don't, yeah. If if I knew I was walking out the door into certain trouble, yeah, I'd stick it down the back of my pants. But uh, it, I don't go around armed like that. Uh, and I really, you know, we live in the first world here, and you're you're never going to completely eradicate violence from society. But this this world's about as safe as it's ever been. Yeah. So I I just don't feel the compelling need the the trouble that is potentially mm-hmm. caused there is uh offsets the potential benefit at least the way i look at it yeah now, that being said you know we don't we don't tend we teach traditional martial arts so we actually deal more with the weaponry that i think i would use in some sort of altercation which are the good old-fashioned knives and sticks and mm-hmm. and that's whatever sort of else is laying and around improvised that weaponry yeah. yeah and so when i get students uh that get into the weapons segment of the system uh, one of the things I like to do is take them and start them out with something out of a toolbox. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you can work a, hammer, a, a frame and hammer, a hatchet, a pickaxe, anything, whatever appeals to you, just go to that toolbox, you know, a box cutter, whatever it is, get it out. And we'll adapt the system to that first, because if you learn how to use that, then because it's not a offensive weapon, mm-hmm. primarily you can have one, 
you carry know, and conceal, you're good. Now. Tossed in the back of your car or, you know, wherever, <clears throat> baseball bat, cricket bat, whatever you mm-hmm. like, you know, grab something that's that could literally be around you. Yeah. And learn how to use that first and then get into the fancy spears and swords and, and all that sort of stuff. Because, you know, if you're thinking about self-defense, then uh, I'm, I'm going to rely on what I've got to hand. Yeah. I will not hesitate to use a weapon, but it's probably going to be a stick or a bottle or a glass ashtray or a lamp or a, you know, mm-hmm. I could basically list everything sitting around me in this it's room. A, it's a good callback to what we were talking about earlier uh, in, in this episode is the principles, too. Is that yeah? I might I might pick up this exact microphone stand sitting in front of me right now, and what will I use it as? "Quote unquote" a spear or a staff. I will use the principles from that, a tot, you know, and then using a a microphone stand. Right. Um, and if you know how to use a kung fu broadsword, then you can use a machete just exactly. as well. You know, and a machete is something you know if. <laughs> If you ever have to clear brush from around your house, you need one of those things laying around. Mm-hmm. So that that's the stuff in this modern age. Or a freaking stool if you just grab it from one angle because then you got that top-heavy weight that you have in the broadsword. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, again, the principle will translate to a lot of different specific uh, yeah. things and, and techniques. But I think he makes a great point, and I completely agree with him that a lot of people who do carry handguns you know, and, and firearms don't have the training. Um, and I, I agree. I think a lot of people really should because have some um, hand-to-hand basic self-defense techniques uh, because if you're going to be balls to the wall, little Miss Muffet, bad man comes to town and out pops my gun and he just reaches over and takes it from you, you know, that's a problem, you know, because he's going to use it and shoot you with it. Yeah, you can... You can look, uh, I think uh, Sambo Steve posted something on our Facebook page recently. Uh, it's a video I've seen before. I believe it's Dan mm-hmm. Santo, <clears throat> who's nice. uh, showing police how quickly someone with a knife, even if you're armed and you're a policeman and you're ready, mm-hmm. how quickly someone with a knife can cover ground and F you up before your gun even comes out of the holster. Exactly. And so, you know, at close range confrontations, I don't think guns are... The best way. The the best way most of the time. You know, of course, guns are guns. If you ever really need one and you don't have one, there you go. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I, and another point, yeah, the the whole training thing. Like, I had a, a really dear friend growing up. There's half of what I know about guns I learned from this guy because he was a gun nut. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, for, for many, many years, I got to mess with his collection and take it apart and put it back together, take it out and shoot it, you know, all that stuff. And learned a ton of stuff from him. And he was always interested in martial arts, but he just, he never had the gumption to do it regularly enough. I'm guessing this is the IRA. Yeah, that's, it's the IRA. And, uh, you know, I kind of felt bad for him because of that, because his health suffered, you know, come on. It's, mm-hmm. it's not all just about shooting that one assailant in the face when they come to try to take your Tonka truck away from you or whatever. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's about living, it's about living and enjoying your life. And martial arts is way better than firearms training for that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sneering at firearms training either. I think it is an important component of modern self-defense and people do use guns. They're still around. So you should know basic gun safety. Uh, when to even draw if you and do, when not to yeah, draw. Well, even if you're too. not going to have a gun, you should know how they operate. Mm-hmm. And you should know how to be safe. You know, if you're walking down the street with your kid and you see a gun laying there, can you pick it up and make sure it's cleared and safe? Right, right, So you right. can call the police or are you just going to leave it there so the next kid that comes by picks it up? Shoot you, you need yeah. to know something about guns. Mm-hmm. 
I have friends that are kind of hippy dippy and they're like, I don't believe in guns. Is the I'm gun like, live? I'm Is like, the safety on? I'm like, know, if what? I show you a gun, will you believe in it then? You know, it's, it's not <laughs> a matter of belief. They're out there. And in America, you know, there's about as many guns as people. So mm-hmm. your chances of encountering one, not necessarily in a violent situation, but just in a potentially dangerous one yeah. uh, could come up. So the more you know, the better. I mean, I'm, I'm PC-832 certified in California, so that's firearms and laws of arrest. Uh, mm-hmm. So I've done, you know, the, the basic police gun training and qualifications and stuff, but I, I'm not any sort of military gun expert or anything. I, right. But, you know, one thing I noticed of is having, a, having kung fu training mm-hmm. can help you very much with moving, tactical oh, shooting, yeah, and all that stuff. You know, it, it kind of builds that into you, not just kung fu, but martial arts in general. It builds that into you. So, yeah, I think it's very beneficial. Don't rely on the gun. Make that your line of last resort. Know about them. Have mm-hmm. one if you want to have one. Uh, practice, you know, safety with it. You know, if you're going to carry the thing around, most states now, at least around where we live, you can get a concealed carry permit and do it legally. But it, you know, it really, really does up your level of responsibility to stay out of fights, to stay out of trouble. Trouble. Let me let me relate just a quick personal story about uh, ten years ago um, when I used to live in Buckhead. At this time, it was a big party town, so to speak. And at the time too, I, I didn't carry guns. Also, you know, never had really. So I was out, at, you know, doing my thing at the club, and 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 shit broke out and all this kind of stuff, and I had to. Uh, Help my buddy's wife, basically, who was uh, trying to, you know, be accosted by this thug type fella. And, uh, you know, I kind of jacked him up and, and, and said, you know, hey, we're done here, you know, and let's, let's be done with that. But <clears throat> since I lived in the area, I had to walk home, stumble home from the club, if you will. And a block away from the club, out pops that same cat. That same cat. He was pissed off about that. He was laying for you. Exactly. And what's in his hand? He didn't come around with a big fist. He came around with a big gun. Now, I dealt with the situation, and I, he, the guy got in a good lick. And I say that because he pistol-whipped the fuck out of me. <laughs> yeah. Okay? But at the same time, I, you know, I, I took care of the situation. My point being, what do you think would have happened if I was carrying a gun, and I saw him pull out his gun, and then I pulled it out? Someone would be dead right now. That's the thing. Possibly. It certainly ups the chances of that. Yeah. If you if you pull out a gun and somebody else has a gun, they're like, Oh well it's going down. I'm shooting. I'm not I'm not just gonna stand there and threaten you, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, so obviously we've, we've talked about this for 10 minutes already. There's a lot to this subject and, and I I foresee at some point in the future um doing a gun fu episode too. Oh yeah, definitely. Um second mother palm. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, you know, we'll we'll tap back to this, but just as far as us personally, that's where we stand on this. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I'm cool with whatever anybody wants, but you know, just know if you're if you're carrying that, a gun is a tool, and it's a especially a handgun is a tool for killing people. Yeah, it is. That's exclusively what it's for. So, and it's pretty damn efficient at it. You know, the upside of guns is they can be great equalizers for very weak people or for, you know, for small people, for women, you know. uh, But again, if you can, if you have access to it, train some kind of martial arts to to bolster that, to back that up, to make that your first line of defense, not just against an attack, but against 
sitting on your ass on the couch and playing with your gun and not getting any exercise, yeah. Get all <laughs> not the getting training. out and enjoying life, you know. Uh, to quote Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility. It sounds cheesy, but yeah. especially in the case of guns, it's it's very important. All right, Craig. Well, uh, we've... We're trying to keep a cap on how much time we spend on this since it's just the two of us today. So, wheedly dee dee dee, wheedly dee. Here come the news, folks. Here come the news. <laughs> news, news, news with Craig Keesling. Coming to you from between his cans. Between my cans? Oh, yes, yes. The earphones, I see. Okay. I thought he was referring to the 10 to 20 beer cans lying around me. <laughs> the pyramid you build around yourself every show. So That's right. You're so dead trying to be sneaky the last couple episodes, <laughs> leaning way away from the mic and going... Trying to sneak your beer open? <laughs> Give it up. Give it up. They know. That's right. All right, folks. Um, I don't have a, a lot of news stories for you today, but I got some got some power-packed ones. Um, I hate to do it, but we're starting off with a sad story. Um, and recently, one of my teachers uh, passed away, somebody who I, I studied Tai Chi with. And... Um, his name's Dr. Shu here in Atlanta, Dr. Ting Sen Shu. Uh, the cat was uh, a biochemist by trade um, and taught Tai Chi uh, to a variety of different people and for a variety of different reasons. He passed away this past week. Um, I personally studied Tai Chi with him after my Hungar teacher, who studied with him, uh, taught him some Tai Chi, and, I, and he taught me, and then I said, hey, let me meet your teacher, and so on and so forth. So I went on to study with Dr. Shu. Um, he had a PhD, and uh, it was an associate professor at Emory University, and has an extensive medical science research background. This cat trained with uh, some, some pretty heavy hitters when it comes to Tai Chi, he studied both Yang and Chin style um, and push hands under the guidance of Gu Liu Shen, who was the chairman of the Martial Arts Association in Shanghai uh, and also was one of the senior students of Yang Chin Fu, uh, of the Yang style. He also studied with Po Bing Ru, another senior student of Yang Chin Fu's, and also with Shen Rinchur, who was a senior student of Wu Qian Chun who founded Wu-style Tai Chi. Hmm. So he, you know, he got over the years a lot of uh, kind of crap from the martial arts circle type people because in his classes, you know, and I, I can attest to this, he didn't really emphasize the martial apps. He did do kind of the, you know, um, health type thing and, and the side benefits of Tai Chi. But the cool thing was not in this frou-frou, new-agey way of feel the energy, you know, spiral your energy. No, he was, a, you know, very much about the physics from a Western perspective, uh, about the anatomy and proper body structure and the effects on just balance. He really looked into, uh, with senior citizens, you know, the, the aspect of getting dizzy and falling uh, that happens when you get, you know, in a 
certain senior citizens, you get older. And he looked at this from a scientific perspective and tried to see what aspects, what was happening with the body and how this slow, continued, controlled movement of Tai Chi could help overcome these things. And he actually did a few oh. controlled pilot studies on yes. such things. He did, he did actually, he's got over 200 different papers, both in Chinese and English on this, but uh, a big one with uh, Professor Wolf also at Emory University that he did um, and was published in a bunch of different uh, medical journals and stuff like that because it was super successful um, of of really showing the direct effects, you know, both from a, uh, you know, kind of a, a Tai Chi perspective, but also from a very, very scientific perspective, using all the words that I have no clue what they mean. Um, but to, uh, you know, I, I don't want to go on too long about this guy, but uh, he was he was a personal teacher and influenced me, he helped um, me understand a lot of depths of body movement uh, using Tai Chi, of course, as a medium. But back again to that principal thing, it, it helped my Northern Shaolin, my Hungar, my whatever, uh, just body movements. And if folks are interested, um, I'll be I'll be publishing the details, uh, you know, on the show notes. There's going to be a memorial service for you guys who are local um, later this month over at the Carter Center. Uh, and the reason it's at the Carter Center is kind of an interesting thing. He actually, uh, past few years, was teaching President Jimmy Carter as well as Rosalind, his wife, <laughs> Tai Chi. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he the guy's been around for quite a while um, and has been all kinds of different conferences. Uh, he's been interviewed by CBS on the This Morning program. Um, he has created with his wife, actually, Tai Chi Health and Research Association. Um, you know, he's been all over the world for, you know, the World Tai Chi uh, Conference over in Beijing for many different years. He got the Excellence in Research Award from uh, the Physical Therapy Scientific Meeting and Exposition. Um, he was on the cover of Tai Chi Magazine. I mean, the guy uh, caught a lot of crap from, you know, martial artists who were like, oh, well, he can't fight using that shit because he wasn't really focused on that. He was focused on helping people using this as a medium. But uh, he's all over there, and, you know, he led a great life, and I'm, I'm super, super pleased about what he's done, and, and, you know, and it hurts. I have a friend of mine, a personal friend who, to this day, obviously, was um, – a personal close student of his, just an inside student, because Dr. Shu gave up teaching, you know, publicly uh, a while back because his health was starting to go down. But he was a friend of the family and everything, and, you know, I haven't even heard back from him on my text message and stuff. He's really broken up about it, I'm sure. But uh, let's give a big, you know, shout-out to Dr. Shu. I'm sure he's he's rocking the uh, Pongluji yeah. on. And especially if you're from Atlanta or anywhere in the southeast, he was very well-known and well-respected around here, so... Um, somebody we I, I met him a couple of times myself. I never trained with him, but uh, he was he was a, a fixture on the scene for a very long time too, and and he will be sorely missed. Definitely, definitely. All right, so moving on. Interesting title to this article. I I was scanning the uh, the news and and I saw this, and and will really love this, especially in regards to. Uh, the Evan Bernstein uh, discussion recently, because uh, I think he, he touched on this about uh, people with the powers on YouTube and stuff. You oh, know. yeah, the Lee Kong Jin. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> the empty force. 
So get this. This actually comes from China Daily, okay, Chinese news source. Martial artist is ostracized over Qi Power video. Woo! <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. It's not, it's not what you would expect, is it? But it's, it's, it's great to hear. But yeah, um, some cat named Yan Fang appears in an online video clip where he's flinging people across the room with little or no contact. Tai Chi masters have branded the video fake and claimed it uses actors. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm not going to go too much into this, but, uh, you know, this, this cat out in Hebei province, which, of course, is like, you know, birthplace of a lot of Chinese martial arts, and it's just a hot pot over there. But, um, yeah, not everybody is just all frou-frou over in China about the flying chi. No, no, not at all. And I think as, as uh, specifically as Tai Chi, although it's been very popular, it's been very watered down in general in the community, and people oh, think, yeah. oh, you can't fight with Tai Chi. But, you know, we know people who that's part of their game and, and they mm-hmm. actually can fight. <laughs> Bruce Ryder, our just previous Absolutely. One. And so, you know, you re- I think part of the thing they're realizing is, <clears throat> all right, we've got enough promotion. We've got enough people checking us out. Now we need to get our bona fides on the fighting back up mm-hmm. and push some of this mystical nonsense off to the side. Exactly. And it's really good to see them step up and do it themselves. Mm-hmm. And not, you know, hold their tongues while other people go, oh, come on, or oh, no, it's real. I just saw it on YouTube. Exactly. Look, if there's anybody out there, if you're offended by this, I'm sorry, but if there's anybody out there who can do empty force and throw somebody across the room without touching them, please, please go immediately <laughs> to the nearest scientific establishment and show them what you do and show them how you do it because you will change the world. You, will, you can change all of physics. That's right. So, you know, be the new Einstein. Let us in on the secret. Otherwise, you know, we're going to call bullshit. Exactly. (laughs) Moving along, um, just to kind of uh, update you guys on a story we recently covered. Uh, We heard about uh, Wade Hoover, who was charged with uh, child pornography and whatnot, who ran his martial arts schools and also was, uh, you know, kind of a, a member of the National Alliance on Mental Illness. 34-year-old cat. Anyway. Takes one to know one, right? Hey. Oh, sorry. That was bad. Yeah. You yeah. asked for humor. There you go. That's what you get from us. Dear God, we're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> okay, buddy, back to the serious subject. What's going on there? Well, interestingly enough, it's not, uh, it's, it's not kind of what we'd all hope for. The judge set bail at five grand. What? Uh-huh. He's not to have contact with any children. Like like the rest of them usually are suggested. Hey, no, you're a good porn star yet, or whatever you know. Anyway, um, he's not supposed to use the internet, and must submit to random searches for drugs and alcohol. Not sure how that you know pops right. in. So that's his uh, his big punishment there for teaching for running several different martial arts schools where he teaches many different children's classes and. Uh, you know, he's got tons and tons of kitty porn on his computer, and this is, uh, this is what he gets. So I can understand it from a legal standpoint. There's not much they can do, really. However, Yeah, I'm unclear on whether or not he was actually producing it or if he was just an aficionado. I, it, that part has not been made clear either, but evidently from these kinds of, you know, 5,000 yeah. and stuff, he wasn't producing it. He couldn't have been All at right. that. Well, you know... It's it, what the judge is saying. We'll get you next time. Yeah. <laughs> well, they got him to say, you know, hopefully the guy gets treatment. If he's not actually abusing kids or producing it himself, then there's still time for you, man. 
Get some yeah. treatment or something. Get a good psychologist. Get a witch doctor. Whatever the frick helps Dude, you. Dude, we, we all love porn as men, okay? If you want to tackle your whacker, you know, watching your computer, <laughs> that's great. But, I mean, look at hot of age chicks and do it, okay? Yeah, don't create Come a market on. for the abuse of children. Mm-hmm. Look at it from that perspective. Whatever your kink is, you know, save the children. We adults, we can do whatever the hell we want. But that's right. Leave the kids out of it. Mm. Tackle your whacker. I like that one. <laughs> like that. Well, just, tackle whacker. I, it kind you of know, I, I saw recently, uh, it was uh, just a clipping from a newspaper article. And I don't know how accurate it is, but I did see it on the interweb, so it must be true. Definitely. Where they were trying to do a study, and the guy wanted a control group of uh, adult men who watched porn and adult men who didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, there's apparently only one kind. <laughs> <laughs> The ones no that do. Yeah, they couldn't find a control group. Yeah. I'm sorry, ladies, if you're out there. You know, it, that, that's interesting. We need a mailbag from you. If you are out there, if you're female and you're listening to us, write us. You know, we don't. We need to know who you our You can even tell are. us off. Uh, it's fine. Yeah. And but frankly, I mean, ladies watch porn, too, so don't don't get all crazy. Yeah, yeah. And, and no shit. That's a, that's a point. Men are men. You know, we love it. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. on. <laughs> Lanfam, L-A-N-F-A-M. That is your new movie of choice. Large angry man fights um, abominable monsters? In, indeed it is. Cool. <laughs> no, to be on- honest, I'm not sure what that stands for. Um, but this is the name of a new movie, an action film from local martial artists in the uh, southern India area, which is, this is really interesting because we know a certain fellow who, who practices certain martial art called Tang Ta. Yeah. Um, Kilton. Yes, Kilton Nongmathan. Yeah. How do you say his last name? Oh, I'll butcher it too. Yeah, I don't know. Nongmathan. Nongmathan. It's been so long since I've seen him in person, I've, I've lost it. Right. It's just, we all just call him Kilton anyway. There you go. <laughs> Or the badass, crazy little Indian dude. That's right. The human Cuisinart. The, yeah. uh-oh, what the hell is that? <laughs> that was my arm flying off, I believe. <laughs> we got to get him on the show. He wanted to do it, then I've kind of lost contact with him. And uh, But by gum, we're going to work that out. You guys we need are. to hear from him. We are. So anyway, this movie uh, is is going to be about uh, his, his, his part uh, of the world, Manipur. Um, which is a place brimming with talented sports people and martial artists. They have their own brand of, of traditional martial arts, uh, one of the most known being Tang Ta. Another one's called Sarit Sarat, um, and other different uh, styles that they have down there that uh, they're trying to bring to the forefront because, you know, not too many people know about them. But um, actually, I, now that I see this, Lanfam in this whatever dialect uh, it means the battlefield, but, um, they're, they're, they're bringing together these traditional Indian martial arts mixed with, uh, a couple of cats who do some wushu and, uh, some, uh, traditional Chinese arts as well. And they're trying to really kind of emphasize their arts and, and make this action, action film. Um, it's still in production. They're not even close to finishing it, but, uh, I'm kind of curious about checking it out you know that i've never heard of any movies that that have any of these old school indian arts in them uh neither have i and uh 
you know, the, it, and it's a broad culture, that stuff, too. They've got everything from hardcore battlefield arts. Uh, even just Kilton, he does, you know, he teaches his martial, martial art, but he also teaches uh, Manaporian dance that's connected with that system and the place right, and everything. Right. And that stuff's really cool, too. And they the martial arts kind of blends on a continuum with that stuff. Um, you can you can look that up on the webs. We'll hook some up in the show notes. But um there's Definitely. video of that stuff out there. It's, it's beautiful to watch, so I'd, I'd love to see it in a full-on choreographed action movie. Oh, yeah. I, I can't wait. There's um, this one gal who's playing the uh, female lead. Her name is Rebecca Peebum, um, and she's she's proficient in martial arts. She participated in various national championships and has won. Uh, she's also undergone you know various stunt training uh, around the area. Um, plus four other uh, well-trained martial artists with impressive physiques, as they mentioned. Um, but just, yeah, that's David making a muscle over here. That's not just any muscle. That's that's cow muscle. What is that? <laughs> what, are you sure that's not just a growth? Good Lord. <laughs> that's bovine growth hormone right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but uh, the plot dwells on a group of individuals being sanctioned by a top police officer to fight crime without using lethal arms. This band fights social menaces, including a powerful crime lord, and there'll be plot twists uh, and turns and uh, within it. Uh, director Ver Badra or Veer Badra. I bet the cop turns out to be a bad guy that steers him away from the worst of the bad guys, but uses him to eliminate the other bad guys. Sounds like a popular theme. Hmm. Hong Kong played out. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, they're looking at the earliest uh, release date uh, being March of next year. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I re- it sounds like it'll be an, an interesting new twist on the action martial arts flick. And frankly, there's some stuff coming down the pipe. But it's I'm sorry I haven't had any real media mop-ups for you guys, but it's been a little dry, dry. lately. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about that out in the champagne lounge. It has exactly. Been. Dry champagne. Yeah. But, uh, you, know, it's, uh, you know, the next good thing I run across, I'll feed it out to you guys. I'm also a little obsessed with the horror movies in October. So, you know. Go figure. Cut me up. Cut me a break there, but uh, you know, like hopefully it. we got uh, we got a burst of new stuff coming here in the winter. We do, you know, and uh, like uh, just to toss this out there, it's been bouncing around the uh, the interwebs for a little bit. But uh, Tai Chi Zero, it's the most ridiculous, crazy preview yeah. I've ever seen. <laughs> it I, that could go either way for me though. I'm yep. not super stoked about that one because mm-hmm. I don't know. It may not scratch the itch that I get when I watch martial arts movies. It may yeah. not go far enough in either direction. Well, you know, who knows? With I mean, the thing that made it was the guy that talking. You know, he's saying ridiculous, funny shit. Right. What else could you want? You know. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's getting a ton of buzz, so I'll definitely be right on top of that when it pops. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's Jackie Chan's new Zodiac, uh, Chinese Zodiac film. There you Supposedly go. his last full-on, I'm going to hurt myself for this movie, uh-huh. movie. And I've heard good things about that one from you cool. know, people who've, who have uh, seen it so far. Well, and there's also one in the works uh, that is just like kind of uh, Yip Man. Uh, you know, Yip Man was obviously the Wing Chun right, type of right. thing. Well, they're doing one, uh, and I believe it's uh, with Samo. I, I'm I may have that totally yeah. fucked up, but it uh, that's about Choyla Foot. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard about that yeah. one. So, yeah, there's definitely some good stuff coming down the pike. It's just a little dry out there right now, but uh, we we'll should, have, should have a flurry of that soon. Definitely. Well, that's uh, that's all the news I've got, Dave. All right. Well, that's all the news we have then. And uh, 
we'll go ahead and wrap this up. This is, uh, I hope you've enjoyed this. This is sort of our housekeeping episode in between uh, slamming and throwing down with a bunch of guests in here. Um, Indeed it is. But uh, again, thanks. Keep keep the cards and letters coming, people, because exactly. <laughs> we, you know, we will use that stuff. We love to hear from you, and we love when we get great questions like the ones that uh, we got in the mailbag this week. Definitely. Um, so yeah, keep that coming, and we will dip back in there periodically, and uh, mm-hmm. and and you know, devote as much time as possible to you, the listener, and your specific wants and needs. Yes. Uh, also. If you have the facilities, like, uh, for instance, Luis, if you do start podcasting, this will be very easy for you. Do it on an MP3. There you go. Just Send us an audio file. Attach yo. an audio file. You know, frankly, I can take MP3s. I can take WAVs. I can take whatever you got. AIFF. Yeah. We got, you know, my machine will do that stuff now. So <laughs> send us any kind of audio clip you want. We would love to mix some of that in. And it could be just you going, hi Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst high I've ever heard. Oh, come on, man. It was like good kung fu movie, wasn't it? Hi, yeah. <laughs> if the Backyardigans made a kung fu oh, movie. Hi, yeah. Hi, yeah. Okay, well, we're getting silly, and I, I can hear the fairies calling from the toadstool ring in Indeed. the champagne lounge. So we, we got to get back to it. We do. But we're going to leave you with a hearty. See ya!